it's my honor and really a privilege for me to introduce to you my brother and fellow laborer in the field, my brother elder, and as I declare to him I'm all the time, a mighty man of God, <laughs> J.P. Grantham is going to bring us the word. Thank you so much for, for being here today and blessing us uh, with your presence, and uh, I am truly honored and humbled to, uh, to be up here. I, uh, I never take it lightly when uh, I have the opportunity to, to speak, minister. We're all ministers in this body. I just happen to get chosen to be up here today. Like I said, Pastor Allen's in Colorado. Greg had brought it last time, so then it kind of fell to me. I guess he kind of looked at me as the third team, but no, nah, I'm just kidding. That, that's okay. Uh, I really, uh, I just love it whenever I, I, I get to speak because this is my family. And so I'm really not talking to strangers. I'm talking to my family. And uh, Alan Katie's daughter, I haven't seen her in three or four years. She just, she's more beautiful than last time I saw her. I, it's good to see you. And uh, I got a, a, a little video clip here I'm going to play. Uh, we're going to talk about faithfulness today what's involved in it, what it means. And so uh, Brother Josh is going to play it for us right now. Uh, the, the quality is not that great, but just uh, kind of listen and watch. But it's a happy song today. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Thank you, Josh. Uh, that was the Reverend Gene Bynum and his wife, Jackie. Uh, that was at Maranatha Temple in Brownwood, Texas, and that was filmed December uh, 1990. That was also known as Josh, me, mom, papa, <laughs> and uh, my mom and dad. Uh, you get through this. Who knows that there is no greater ministry than that of being a parent? No greater ministry. Uh, the, the, the reason for the different name, Bynum, was uh, my dad died when I was four, and uh, uh, Gene Bynum became my stepdad. And uh, as parents, if you don't realize it, when you're bringing up children, you're instilling values in them every day. Now, my dad <clears throat> had a ninth-grade education, and my mom had a seventh-grade education. Two of the smartest people I ever knew. And uh, at a young age, uh, I started watching them. Unbeknownst to me, uh, my dad worked at the glove factory in Brownwood. They made leather gloves, and... Uh, he was supposed to be at work at 7.30, and they'd get off at uh, 4 o'clock. Never failed, rain, sleet, or snow, he was there 30 minutes early. And I never could, I'd always ask, why, why are you going in so early? He said, well, they expect me to be there. I, 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 if we have a flat, I want to have time to fix it. So I'm going to work on time, or uh, I might run out of gas, because uh, most vehicles we had, the gas gauge didn't work. And... Uh, he said, he, and he went prepared. You know, he just didn't go in there at 7 o'clock and then start working at 7.35. When he punched that clock, it was time to go to work. Mother was the same way. Uh, she'd owned restaurants, and uh, later she'd managed the Gold Bond Redemption Center there in Brownwood, always early. And so when we talk about faithfulness, if you, if you look up faithfulness in the dictionary, it starts out that it means faith. We all know what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a conviction in something that we can't see. It, it, it's, it's, it's hoping that something's going to happen. Another word for faithfulness is dependability. I'm going to talk about that just a little bit, how that was instilled in me. Uh, from the time I was five until we was about ten, uh, we kind of had hell on earth in our family. That's kind of a nice way of putting it. And uh, But when I was eight years old, my mother got saved at Austin Avenue Baptist Church, Brownwood, Texas. And that was probably about uh, 1965. And life, is, as, as we knew it, parted. TV went out the door. Uh, we could no longer wear shorts, as, or, or, or my sister couldn't wear shorts, had to wear a dress or a skirt. Things changed, but my dad, it took him two years to follow suit. But uh, once, once, once salvation comes to a family, usually it, it, it spreads. And so we started going to church on a regular basis. And I don't mean regular. I mean when those doors were open, we were there. My dad was... Uh, was a Sunday school teacher, uh, helped in the ministry, uh, 
I was I, I got to take the offering. My sister played the piano and helped with the ministry. My mom was a Sunday school teacher, church secretary. But when we went to church, my dad carried the key. He was one of the ones that opened the church. Guess what? We was there 30 minutes early. We were driving across town. If we were going to have a flat, if we were going to have a water hose break, wanted to be sure that we could get it fixed and we could still be there a little early if need be. Not only that, whenever my mother had Sunday school class or my dad was teaching, they'd be prepared. They'd start studying that lesson four, five, six days beforehand so they wouldn't have to read it, so they would know it. And I just sit there, why do we got to be there 30 minutes early? None of my friends were there to play with, but we were there. Well, I didn't know it, but they instilled in me that ethic of dependability. My first real job I had was sacking groceries at Harper's Food Store. I was uh, just started my junior year in high school, and uh, my dad said, you need to be there early. You need to be prepared. You need to be there early. And sure enough, it never failed. I started getting to work early. I, I, I couldn't help myself. It had been instilled in me to be there early in case I ran out of gas, in case something happened, I needed to be there. Well, I started looking at if I wanted to make more money in the grocery business, I needed to move up into management. And I think that if you would ask any businessman in this church, Steve, Brother Greg, Brother Jeff, I know Wendell, any of you that are in business realize that the number one qualification to be in management or to move up in a company is dependability. You've got to be there. You know, there, there's always those employees that, that choose to be there, but once a month they'll have an excuse not to be at work. Everybody's been them and they're not there. And uh, I may not have been the best groceryman there ever was, but you couldn't find one more dependable. I was always there. Sometimes I might have just been a body there, but I was there. So that was been instilled in me. The same thing that my mom and dad, unbeknownst to me, had instilled into me. Dependability, faithfulness. Well, I'm the same way in our painting business. My partner, Wendell Harkins, is here today. We, when we go bid jobs, we try to be there just a little bit early. Cell phones have changed things now where you can call people if there's a problem. But it's still, we want to be there early. We write things down, we're prepared. We try to order our paint the day before, so in case they don't have the paint at that particular store, they can have it shipped or we can get it there so that our guys, when they come to work, are prepared to go to work. Well, same thing kind of starts in our Christian walk. Uh, well, i got to say one other thing. Lord kind of has a, uh, he, who knows he has a sense of humor? He just does. And sometimes I, I, it can be a little bit twisted. And I, I'm just going to give you an example. In 1996, I lost both my parents, my, my dad in February, my mom in May. It was tough. I'm telling you, it's tough. But in August of 96, I met my future wife, Michelle. Yeah, just give her a hand. She puts up with me. But uh, just to show you God's sense of humor, you know, I... I, I always want to be here at church early. 
And my wife is a very strong-willed, independent woman. I love her with all my heart, body, and soul. But her idea of being on time and my idea of being on time is not the same. If I want to be 15 minutes early, I promise her hers is not 30 minutes early. Hers is 10 o'clock is 10 o'clock. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. But first couple of years of our marriage, Sunday mornings I'd be, I don't want to say harping, but that's about the best way you could put it. Honey, we got to go. we got to go. And, and you could see her getting impatient with me. The lips would kind of disappear. The eyes would. And she informed me that my harping was not helping her get dressed any faster. That when she was done, she was going to be done. And so some of our most lively discussions have been over that matter. And I don't know who told me. It, it, it had to be a man that had been married for quite a while. I was, I was talking to somebody about it one day. I don't remember who told me. He said, your problem is, JP, is you've got to realize is that everybody else is early and Michelle's on time. It was that easy. That's it. I quit harping on things that, that I thought had to be and realized that there's more than one way to do things. And, and, and saying yes, ma'am, is a good start. So <laughs> that didn't cost you nothing. Anyway, let's talk about faithfulness, what, it, what, it's, uh, what the foundation of our faith is built on. Uh, the, our first foundation is, uh, is, is, is God. But, but first off, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that is planted in you, and it says it's a fruit, and if it's planted in you, it grows, doesn't it? It starts to grow. And so our faithfulness, I like to call it a three-tier foundation. And the first part of that foundation is, 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 is based on God himself. And, and I've always, I, I grew up in a, 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 I said, an independent Baptist church. And uh, they were fond of saying, if God said it, that's the way it is. No, no ifs and buts about it. And uh, if, if, if you want to know why God is faithful, just read Hebrews 11. It's nothing but story after story of men and women that followed God, and he rewarded their faithfulness. Noah. God told him, build an ark because it was going to rain and come a flood. It had never rained, and it had never flooded. You just can't imagine what people were thinking when they were walking by him building something. He was telling them it was going to rain. It had never rained. They didn't even know what it was. And it took him 120 years to build it. But guess what? He built that ark. The animals came. Him and his family got in that ark. And what happened? It came a flood. It did just what God said it was going to do. Abraham. God told him to leave his land that he had been living in, take his family, and go look for a land whose his builder and maker was God. He didn't know where he was going. He just, by faith, followed God. He became the father of the Jewish nation, following God, being faithful. Moses, his parents didn't want him to die. He stuck him in a a little basket, put him in the river. Pharaoh's daughter found him, took him in, raised him as his own, as her own. 
But when he got older, he knew God had a calling on his life. He walked away from that and went to live with his own people who lived in slavery to the Egyptian people. What, what, how did God reward Moses' faithfulness? He made him leader of that Jewish nation that left Egypt. He followed God. When he got up there to that Red Sea, God told him to stick it in that stick in there, and what happened? Red Sea parted. God will always reward faithfulness. Uh, get to the next page here. 1 Corinthians 1, 9 says, God who has called you into his fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. And as I said in the earlier uh, message today, when God says something, gives a command, there's really no ifs and buts about it. You know, when you read that right there, it just says, God who has called you into his fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. There's no ifs and buts about it. He has to be faithful because he's God. Uh, there seems like times that, you know, if, if when we become Christians, we, God's on our side. But but guess what? There's, there's Satan over here who is pretty powerful himself. People don't realize there was a battle in heaven. Satan actually thought he could overturn God, and there was a battle. God won and kicked him out. But devil is not some little red devil walking around with a pitchfork. He's he's wandering around like a roaring lion, seeking seeking whom he may devour. And so he's constantly putting temptation in front of us to test you know for, to test our faithfulness. And God said in First Corinthians ten thirteen, no temptation has overtaken you, but such common demand. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. With the temptation, will make a way of escape so that you will be able to do it, to endure it. And, and, and there's another part of this that I really like is that God knew that there was going to be times that we wouldn't be faithful, that we would stumble. In my early Christian walk growing up, instead of looking at the Lord, I used to look at people. And when it came, I was about 15 years old, I, I, I didn't really want any part of Christianity. Me and Brother Greg was talking about this earlier today. We decided at a young age, you know, I'm going to kind of check out of this as soon as I get old enough to, to check out because we took our eyes off the Lord and started looking at people. And, and, and people are human. I'm, I'm going to pick on somebody today because he's here and, and, and uh, I, I really think a lot of him. That's Brother Jeff Ferris. I mean... I know Jesus walked on water and he's my Savior, but I mean, Brother Jeff just, just he, he's, he's, he's just something else. I, I can't even hardly talk to him because I'm, I'm just, he's so nice, courteous, you know, and you just go, is this guy for real? But he is. I mean, he is just, he's wonderful. If you get to know him, he, he's a caring man, you know, he'll, he'll, he's always encouraging. But Brother Jeff, is, he, he's fallible. If you constantly looked at Brother Jeff, I mean, you might ask Mr. Ferris there, he's going to sin. He's fallible. You can't keep your eyes on people. You have to keep your eyes on the Lord. That's the first part of our foundation is the Lord. The second part is Jesus Christ. Jesus 
was faithful to death. Without Jesus living his perfect life and dying on the cross, we wouldn't have salvation. He led a perfect life, sinned, never sinned, and was rewarded with what? Death on a cross as a common murderer and thief. You know, if you if you were if you had uh, if you were hanging on a cross, there was no lower person than you. You had done the unpardonable. They put you up there for everybody to see, spit at, mock. That's what Jesus did for us. Our salvation is based on our Lord Jesus Christ. But there's a second verse to that: is that once He died on that cross and it blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. They buried him. He resurrected. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. He ascended to heaven. And he's at the Father's right hand as we now speak and talk, making intercession for us. That's where he is right now. Philippians 2, 7 through 9 says, But made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him in the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Jesus' faithfulness allowed him to be the name that is above every name by which our salvation is based. His faithfulness. Third part of this foundation and the final one is God's Word, the Bible. Anything that comes up in our lives, if we start reading and studying the Bible, there's going to be answers there. You can listen to all the preachers you want. You can go to Sunday school all you want. But until you start instilling the Word of God into your life, you're not always going to get the answers you want. Because God wants to deal with you as an individual. He wants to use other people to bless you and and to counsel you. But God counsels us through the Word of God. It says, faith, Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Psalms 119, 105, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the last verse on the Bible is 2 Timothy 2:15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. That's in the old King James. That's how I memorized it. But the NIV says, Do your best to present yourself to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. See, that's, once we become a Christian, that's, that's pretty much a requirement. It didn't say, Why don't you think about studying and to show yourself worthy, da-da-da. No, the Bible says... Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's a commandment once you become a Christian to learn the word of God. You can't go wrong. Uh, that, that foundation we have based on the Lord, based on Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is a foundation that can't be cracked. It can't. It, storms can come and it won't be washed away. It's a foundation that is impenetrable. I really didn't get that one out. But 
Brother Ron Stanfield can tell you this. He was He's a builder, used to be a builder. He built some of the nicest houses in Granbury. He forgot more about building than most people will ever know. But he knows the importance of a good foundation. But there's a, on the way to our house in Indian Harbor, about nine years ago, they poured a foundation. It's got the pipes coming up. It's got everything you need to build a house, but it's still just a foundation. They hadn't built nothing on it. The reason that you have a foundation is to build upon why would you need a foundation if you're not going to build on it? The reason you send your kids to elementary school and to junior high and high school is to get that foundation so that they can succeed in life in business, learn math and reading and writing and arithmetic. That's a foundation that you build on. Our foundation as Christians have been set through God, Jesus Christ, and the Word of God. And I, I, I got some news for you. You're required now that you have that. You're required to build upon that foundation. And uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's not what we, we want. Sometimes it requires sacrifice. And uh, the first person that we're responsible to to, to, to show our faithfulness is God. And uh, so many times as Christians, once we get saved... We think that's it. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm going to come to church and sit on that pew. And until the Lord comes back or I die, I'll go to heaven and say, Here I am, St. Peter, open the golden gates. You know, once you do get saved, you are. You, 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 you've got God. You've got the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. But that's not what you're called to do. You're called to spread the Word of God. Your requirements are prayer, studying the Word, so that others can see God in you. We come to church on, a, on Sunday mornings so that we can worship and, and learn about God. But how many hundreds of people in your life weekly do you see that you're probably the only Jesus they may see? They don't read the Bible. They don't have a prayer life. They don't go to church. You are the Jesus that people see. There's a requirement once you get saved to spread the good news. Who else are we supposed to spread that good news to? Friends, family. I'm going to talk about parents. and a lot of cases nowadays, grandparents raising grandkids due to circumstances beyond their control. You know, your kids, they look at you on a daily basis. I'm a little ashamed to say the first ten years of my son's life, I uh, didn't, live a, didn't leave a Christian life. I, uh, I was just the opposite. And uh, I've been trying to make it up, and uh, I tried to, I'm, I'm trying to be the, the godly parent. He's a little bit old for it now. He's kind of has his own family now. Me and my wife, Michelle, we, uh, we have seven grandkids now. Uh, five of them live in Ohio. Uh, that relationship's being restored as we now speak. But uh, I now have two new grandkids, Natalie and Colin. I have a responsibility as a Christian, to be a godly grandparent in front of those kids. Josh and Mary have responsibilities now, whether they want it or not, to be godly parents in front of their kids and to teach them the ways of the Lord. If you're a parent, you have a responsibility to teach your way, your kids the way of the Lord. If you're not, you're doing them a disservice. 
You really are. Uh, friends and family. My partner, as I said, Wendell Harkins, is here today. We met in uh, 1987. We've been friends ever since. He's closer than a brother. Uh, we were in the grocery business together. Uh, they uh, brought him over to our store in Glen Rose. I was a manager of a store, and I had a new assistant manager come in. And uh, I found somebody that had the same work ethic and desires that I had to do a good job. Uh, within about a year, they came down and said, is Wendell ready to take over this store so we can transfer you to a bigger store or whatever? And I said, I had supreme confidence in him because I saw in him dependability, preparedness, and he took that store over. You have a responsibility to your kids, to the people you work with, your friends, to lead a godly life and show them the ways of the Lord, whether you want to or not. It's, it, it's required of you. And lastly, our faithfulness, we need, to, we need to be faithfulness in our church right here. And I don't mean this building, I mean, I mean our church family. Uh, when it comes time to minister, there is no better place than this, this body right here. If you want to make a difference in people's lives, you need to get involved in our youth ministry. Because that's when, when they're young and those those, those minds are absorbing. We need, to, we need those kiddos to be absorbing the Word of the God. Word of God. And uh, there's no better place right here. We have preschool. We have nursery. We have kids' church. We've got Gen Rev. And it's all ran by volunteers. People sacrifice so that they can be involved in spreading the Word of God through this body. Brother Shake, if you, if you, if you know how to sing or even if you can't sing, if you, if, if you could be involved in the, the video service, the sound system, you know. Brother Shake, uh, he requires that those people that sing and play up here be faithful, that they come and practice. If you don't practice, you don't sing. That's the way it needs to be. You're rewarded for your faithfulness. We have uh, Sunday school teachers or kids' church teachers that we can always count on. That God has blessed us with wonderful teachers and we're blessed to have a lot of men involved in our youth services and, and thank God for godly men. But our nurseries and our preschool are, 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 uh, are handled by young women and, and of our church, and they are truly a blessing. I mean, they start te- teaching those kids in the nursery the Word of God. They just don't sit back there and pamper them and, and, and feed them milk and cookies. They start teaching them the Word of God at a young age. And so I encourage each and every one of you here today, Be all you can be for the Lord. Be encouraging to other people. It is a, uh, like I said, it is truly a a blessing to be here. And uh, I I, I just want to talk about a couple people this morning that uh, I've I've looked up to and I've seen faithfulness and and faith working in their lives. That's Brother Ken and Barbara Smith over here. They're a founding member of members of our church. And uh, the last couple of years, they have just been hammered by Satan. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, Job ain't got much on them. They have just, I, I, I just, I, I keep them on my mind praying constantly. And uh, they just found out their 12-year-old grandson had an inoperable brain tumor. But uh, we went and visited them. 
Brother Ken still got that smile on his face. Sister Barbara does. They're, they're putting everything in God's hands because God is faithful. And uh, Brother Kerry and Alatha, I, I don't think they're here yet. I think they may have left. But they've lost two wonderful young daughters. One of them was a teenager and the other one was, in her, in, I think, in her mid-20s. One to cancer and one in a car wreck. And, and I, I can't fathom what they went through. But I'll look at them, and they didn't veer. They kept, they kept their eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. One other situation, uh, there used to be a young couple lived my sister and brother-in-law. They had three young boys. One of them was seven, one's five, and the other's three. Last week he was uh, on a riding lawnmower, riding. Uh, he put it in reverse and didn't see his three-year-old behind him. And... Uh, his uh, left leg has to be amputated at the knee, and the uh, right foot had to be amputated. Wonderful Christian people. And I'm sitting there going, what? And my sister said, yeah, he called and said, all I can do is trust in the Lord and his faithfulness to keep us afloat. And uh, I thought of my grandson, Colin. He's three. And I said, man. I can't imagine that. But God, our Lord Jesus Christ, is strong enough, faithful enough to get us through every situation. And I want to thank you for the time we had today. I may have went a little long. I hope I didn't. And uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, It's been an honor and a privilege. And uh, Brother Shake's here. I tell you what, I'm going to have the uh, uh, prayer team come forward. Brother Shake's going to play and sing. I always like to have the opportunity, if, if you need prayer for anything at all, uh, I'd like to be, we'd like to be able to pray with you. So let's have the uh, prayer team come forward, and uh, Brother Shay's going to lead us in some worship. Let's all stand. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. If there's anything you need prayer about today, if you haven't found the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, don't leave here today without the If you need prayer for sickness, for family members, whatever it may be, the prayer team is up here to pray with you. Just if so at ease to come. Please come up here to the front. We're not afraid.